Welcome to the Six Figure Product Biz Podcast. I'm Carrie, a product-based business coach. I started, scaled, and sold a successful multi-six-figure e-commerce business, and now I love teaching entrepreneurs like you how to start, grow, and scale your dream product business. I'm obsessed with all things marketing, e-commerce, and business, and I cannot wait to share all my secrets with you. I also love all things dogs and coffee. Each week, you'll learn step-by-step tangible strategies to help you scale to the next level in your business, skyrocket your sales and traffic, reach more customers, and gain greater visibility in your business. Because I know you don't want to waste your time or energy trying to figure it out all on your own, but you want the business growth roadmap so you can create a profitable product business that gives you the life you love. Whether you're thinking of starting a product biz or scaling yours, this podcast is the secret sauce to making all those dreams come true. So grab your coffee and your favorite notepad and let's get started. Welcome to episode 16 of the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. I love today's episode because I am sharing six behind the scenes secrets that enabled me to grow my subscription box business to over 350,000 in revenue in two and a half years with no ads, no help no outsourcing, no support. So I cannot wait to get into this with you. So grab your coffee, grab your wine. This is going to be an awesome one. All right. I am so excited to dive into this episode. So a lot of people ask me, how did you grow your business to multi six figures in two years without ads? I think the biggest misconception with an e-commerce or a subscription box business is that you have to do ads for your business. And, you know, ads are your main focal point for customer acquisition. And for me, that wasn't the case at all. Uh, One, I didn't really have budget to do ads. Two, I didn't know how to do Facebook ads. Even though I have been doing marketing for over a decade, ads were never part of my, you know, background. So I didn't really know how to do them. And While I did dabble in a few Google ad campaigns, you know, I maybe spent about $100. I stopped because I just wasted, (laughs) just threw the money down the toilet, essentially. So um, I always like to give people real tips on how to grow their business without focusing on ads. And I think this is where my approach and my strategies are very different than other marketers who do help product businesses. I think most, you know, e-commerce agencies they focus 100% on ads. And again, that's never been my approach. And I was able to grow my business, you know, from zero to $10,000, $20,000 months. And if I can do it, so can you. So want to keep it real. It was not an easy task. I had to work a lot. I had to learn a lot. I had major learning curves with lots of things, but I'm here to help you see the potential that your business has and that you can do it too. So let's dive into it. So my six tips on how I was able to grow my business. Tip number one, and this is a really important one, I niched down. So when you are starting your business, whether it's a subscription, product, Etsy shop, Amazon, whatever you're starting that's a product business, it's important that you niche down, especially if you're if the product that you're starting is very saturated. So there's a lot of other people that are doing it. It's important that you niche down and try to target one ideal customer. The problem that I see a lot of people doing is that they, number one, they don't really understand the importance of niching down. Two, they don't know how to niche down. Like they don't really know how to do that. And then three, they have this fear that if they 
target a more specific person. They target one person that they are eliminating all these other people that could buy their products and that they won't get business. And unfortunately, it's actually the opposite. The more specific that you can be with your targeting, if you know, okay, I want to, so for example, I started a dog subscription box business. It is a very saturated market. I mean, there are hundreds and probably thousands of dog subscription box businesses. And in particular, there was one subscription box business that kind of is the giant and that's BarkBox. And so I kind of knew when I was thinking about my idea, when I was in my product conceptualization stage, that I needed to be very clear on who I was targeting. I didn't want to target everyone. I didn't necessarily want to target the people that were buying BarkBox or the people that were buying, you know, the 20 other boxes that were really popular. I was trying to come up with something different that made my subscription box stand out. And that's so important. So even if you have already started your business, if you are not getting sales or your business isn't growing, I think it's important to go back to the drawing board and look how you can niche down. How can you target one person and not a hundred people? So an example, you know, I love examples. So for my pet subscription box, and again, you can take my example and apply it to your niche or your industry. I'm going to give you the examples I use for my business because I know the examples well, and I know my business. So I was starting a pet subscription box business. So I could have targeted every single dog owner, or I could have niched down to target one type of person. So maybe it was a specific breed of dog. Maybe it was a dog that, um, you know, was a heavy chewer. They chewed up their toys, or maybe it was a really small breed. So you can really niche down on those specific things. And as an example, you know, someone like uh, Pop Box, for example, they are a, a dog subscription box, but they cater to puppies. They're not trying to target every single dog. They are targeting puppy owners. Uh, the second example is a company called Bully Make. So Bully Make is another dog subscription box. They target dogs that are heavy chewers. So dogs that rip apart their toys and they really need the heavy duty rubber toys. Again, they are not targeting everyone. They're targeting one type of dog owner. So you can see the difference between targeting every dog owner and then targeting specific people. And so with Popbox, for example, everything that they do from their messaging, from their website copy, their social media copy, their images that they use, everything speaks to a puppy owner. They're not speaking to a generic vanilla dog owner. They are speaking directly to people that own a puppy. And if you are scrolling through Facebook, for example, and you see a, an advertisement and there's a puppy and there's, you know, the puppy's ripping apart your house or the puppy, you know, is squatting in your living room and, and peeing or pooping or something. Um, and the ad says something like, you know, a box for puppies to, to help you to help them learn and grow and blah, blah, blah. So you can see that type of advertisement is going to grab your attention because it's speaking directly to you first. If there was an advertisement of a dog, I don't even know what the dog would be doing because it's just very generic, but maybe it's a dog going to the bathroom in your house or ripping apart um, a stuffed animal or a pillow, you know, that's not going to speak to a puppy owner. So you can see the difference between uh, the two, you know, types of, of subscription boxes. And that's why the power of, of niching down, it's so important and you have to do it. You have to think, how can I take my idea 
and drill deeper. You have to drill deeper. So again, I feel like I've given this example before, but something like, uh, say you're going to start a snack box, right? So a snack box, I mean, that that could be for anyone, right? And that doesn't work. You do not want to have an idea that is so broad that you're not speaking to one person. So you could take your idea of doing a snack box and then you drill down. Maybe it's a keto snack box. Maybe it's a Whole30 snack box. I'm not sure the difference, but I know there is one. Um, Maybe it's a vegan snack box. So you see how I'm taking an idea and I'm drilling down. I'm being specific because if you're trying to target vegan people or keto people, those words are going to grab their attention and resonate because you're speaking to them. You're not speaking to every person who might want a snack box. So the overarching uh, point of this is that you have to niche down your idea and target one ideal customer, not everyone. Okay. So number two, I spent time on the important things that increased my conversions. And so when I say conversions, I mean website visitors that turned into sales. So conversions, website visitors that turned into sales. So the two things that are so important for a product business are website and product photos. Uh, You need both and they need to be amazing. (laughs) Um, And this is where, you know, I think a lot of marketing out there is geared towards service businesses where, you know, unfortunately for a service business, they don't necessarily need to even have a website or a product photo. They can have a Facebook page. They can have an Instagram page. They don't need a ton of photos and they can still get business. Uh, For a product business, it's the opposite. Your website has to has to work. It has to be really good. Your product photos have to be even better. Product photos are what's going to convert into sales for you. It's it's the most important thing, I would argue. And so when I was starting my business, I, you know, again, I'm also an advocate at this point of done is better than perfect. And, you know, don't let perfectionism stop you from launching a business. I think it's better to get started and improve over time. So that's my my biggest advice to you is don't let perfection stop you or hold you back. You know, you have to launch that business. And if that means, you know, your first six months, you make some money, you get some sales, and then you get better images or website, that's fine. So I just want to preface that. So when I launched my business, I did, um, I had a website. So I launched my business on CrateJoy. It's a platform for subscription box businesses. And if you are listening now and you have not already launched your business, I highly recommend CrateJoy. They're amazing. Their entire platform is created for subscription box businesses. So they just make it easy for you to start. They give you all the things you need to literally grow your business. So again, that's the platform I used. And so I'm always going to recommend that over anything else. So when I was building my first website, you know, I will admit it was definitely challenging (laughs) to build my first website. Again, as a marketer, I've done so many things, but building websites was not one of them. So, you know, that was a little challenging. I did the best I could. I think it, it came out pretty good. Um, but I knew I could change it over time. I knew I could improve it over time. And I did. So I'll talk about that step after this one. But I made the website look as good as it can look. And so it did look really good. The thing that saved me was the photos. So I, before I launched my business, I went on Craigslist. I knew I wanted a photographer, but I didn't have money to pay for you know, I didn't have money to pay for a, a expensive one. 
So I went on Craigslist and I found a like a photographer who was starting his new business and he needed portfolio images. So I was like, all right, perfect. I paid two or three hundred dollars and we met at Newport Beach in California. I brought my dog Asha. I brought, you know, a stack of boxes and products and we did our photo shoot on the beach. And I, sh- I got the image I wanted for my hero image. The hero image for your website is that first image that you see when you go to someone's website. It's, you know, I'd argue the most important image on an entire website because that's what's going to grab someone's attention. So anyway, we did the photo shoot and, you know, I just got amazing images from this guy. His name is Trey. Um, just they were amazing. I mean, I feel like I teared up when I first got the link from him to open them. They were just beautiful. And so I got amazing images and that's what saved my website. So while my website wasn't the best, uh, it was better than perfect, done's better than perfect, but the photos made the website look good. So I highly recommend, even if you do not have budget, try to find an amateur photographer, just like I did. Um, I found mine on Craigslist. This was 2016 try Craigslist, try different platforms, like whatever you need to do to find someone that can take professional images for you. It's worth it. Trust me. If that's what you spend $500 of your initial budget on, I would rather you spend money on product photos than a logo or something stupid that you don't actually need. (laughs) Sorry. I love logos, but like it is one of the most overrated things for a new business. Like you do not need an expensive logo. What you need are product photos. So take whatever budget you can scrap together. If that means other things, you know, you put less money in, it's worth it. Trust me, your product photos will sell everything. So we did a bunch of photos. I got different lifestyle ones. I got different ones with my dog. I got, um, you know, individual products, ones that I could sell for e-commerce. So just did a variety of product photos and they just came up. They were perfection. Um, they, they really, really were. So that was two things that I just, the two things that made a huge difference for my business. And in terms of the website, again, you don't need anything crazy, you know, and I, I consult with so many clients now who have recently launched a subscription box business and their website just it's not converting. It's not working. They don't have great photos. They don't have good layout or flows. So I I definitely love helping people with improving their websites. But for your website, you want to have a few things. So you want to have something like your hero image is that first image when someone goes to your website. So this is important. You want to have something there that's going to grab their attention and explain what your product is in two to three seconds. So if you have a subscription box business, you know, if you have an image of, you know, maybe it's you with your subscription box, or maybe it's uh, you hire someone who you can take pictures with that can make turn your subscription box into a real life situation. So a lifestyle image, Um, or if you don't have that, just a simple box with some sort of a background uh, showing your products. So my favorite for hero images are a person and the product in some sort of a lifestyle scene, um, or just the product inside of a box opened up that looks beautiful, that has a nice clean background, and then some nice text that explains what your product is, who it's for, and what is inside. This is so important. And again, so many websites do not have this. You go to the website and you literally scroll down and you have no freaking idea what this person is trying to sell you. And that's a no-no. 
you have to explain in your hero section what your product is. So, you know, dog subscription boxes, monthly boxes of dog treats, toys, and accessories. Learn more. Buy now. Click here. Like whatever you need for your call to action. But you need to describe what your product is. So I like to tell people, even though you think you're, it's obvious, it's not. Trust me. People are, you have to believe people are a little bit slow and <laughs> you have to explain exactly what you sell. So if you have an e-commerce business where you're selling hats, say that. Like what type of hats do you sell? We sell brim, fedora, and I don't know, other type of hats for women. Or, you know, we sell organic vegan dog treats, right? Be clear, be specific. Whatever you're selling, spell it out for them. So, and then if you have a subscription business, you know, you want to have things like a what's inside section. That should be super clear. Have a picture of your box with things inside, your best looking items, and explain what is inside. Each month you will receive three treats, two toys, and a bandana. Uh, everyone receives free shipping, blah, blah, blah. Themed boxes, like whatever, whatever you sell, explain exactly what you sell, what's inside. Make it crystal clear for people. Just because you think your product, you know, is clear on your website, it's probably not. So I want you to go, go through your website, see how you can make it more clear. Anyway, I need to do an entire podcast episode on just how do you design your website for conversion? Because this is something that I'm really passionate about because you can spend all your time and energy driving traffic, doing blogs, podcasts you know, doing advertisements, posting on Instagram. But if your website is not set up to convert and you're not, your website is not converting people into sales, then you're wasting all of your time. So something I'm very passionate about. And I think I need to start offering a few services <laughs> on um, helping people update their website just in an easy, manageable way. So anyway, something that will come likely, but um, my, yeah. So my tip number two is I spent time and energy and my money on the two things that would help conversion. So website and product photos. Okay. Um, number three, I created a superior customer experience. So this is a really important one and something I love talking about. So when I say customer experience, I mean, when someone, everything from going to the web, when a customer goes to my website, they place an order you know, everything from placing an order or even being aware of my product all the way to them receiving my product. And then after they receive my product, what happens? So it is not something where customer, I think a lot of people think customer experience is just that stage when someone receives your product and that's it. It's actually way before and way after. So you want to create an amazing customer experience even before they're your customer. So everything from your website, your website should be easy to navigate. And this kind of goes back to step number two. Website should be easy to navigate. Make it easy for people to order from you. I see so many websites that they make it really hard to order. And if you make it hard for someone to order, even a little bit, they will cancel. They will bounce off your website. They will find someone else who doesn't ask them 500 questions or doesn't make them fill out an account before they even pay for something, like make it easy for people to buy from you. So that's even the first step of customer experience. It's having, you know, beautiful social media channels, 
branding, like stuff that resonates with your ideal customer, having a website that uh, is easy to order from, is easy to navigate, is easy to figure out what the hell you sell and how people can buy it. Like it's very simple. Um, I think people really overcomplicate websites with all this crap that isn't relevant. Talk about your products, how they will help your customers and have great images get rid of all your text. No one wants to read blocks of text. Keep it simple. Use images, use video, show how your products are being used, get people to want to buy from you. So once they buy from you, what happens? They should be getting emails. They should be getting a confirmation email that talks about, thank you for your order. What are the next steps? Like you need to make it clear what the next steps are for people. When are they going to get tracking? When will the product ship? Uh, what else should they be expecting from you? Um, and then after that, once a customer orders from you, you know, not only are you, should you be sending them tracking emails, tracking updates, um, what should just be done through your shipping system, by the way. Um, but the next phase is emails that should go to them, um, after they receive your product. So, all right, let me talk about receiving the product first. So the, I would say the most important important part of a customer experience. I honestly feel like they're all important. <laughs> uh, one of the most important parts is actually receiving the package, right? Uh, so what happens when they receive the package? It comes in their mailbox or drops off in front of their house. Uh, maybe it's in a poly mailer package. So I love when subscription boxes put the subscription box inside of a poly mailer bag and a poly mailer bag. I can link my favorite Amazon bags below that fit a subscription box perfectly. And they're so cheap. It's like five or 10 cents a bag. And if you buy a lot of them, you can get them for even cheaper. So a poly mailer bag is just a bag that you can buy, you know, honestly from Amazon or Uline, and you can fit a subscription box inside of it perfectly and it protects the box. And so when someone receives a box, they open the poly mailer bag and the box is in mint condition. It's, it's not been damaged. It doesn't have dirt and crap all over it. So sometimes when you ship a box, it's going through the, you know, USPS or UPS service. It's getting bounced around. It's touching the ground. It's it's touching dirty boxes that fill the boxes that people ship from. So it can really get damaged and dirty. And so I really like putting them into a poly mailer. And yes, it is an additional expense for you as a seller, but it's a very minimal expense. I think you can get them for like five cents. So for me, five, 10 cents is worth to give a customer a better experience in a box that isn't damaged. And I'm going to talk about the second reason why that's important. So you want your customers to be posting pictures of your box on social media. This is a, this is a given. You have to be doing that. So when someone gets a box that is clean, that's not dirty, that's not covered in crap, that doesn't have a crappy label stuck over it and it damages the box, you're going to get better photos from your customers. And so I want you to remember that, that, you know, you are creating a product and you should want to have an amazing customer experience, but you also want to get photos from these people. You know, these are your people. You want to encourage them to be taking photos on of your product, posting it on social media. And if you can have a cleaner product, it'll just look better. So kind of my tip in terms of the poly mailer. So anyway, so you can send it in a poly mailer and it just shows up looking better. And then the person opens up the box, right? And you want like, this is something that I was so, so, 
so particular about, so particular. So when I was packing my boxes, I packed them in a very specific way. So when someone opened up the box, the first thing that they would see was the postcard insert that I put inside of the box and it had to be facing up. I was very particular. So it was basically a picture. We had two postcards we'd put in. One would be that described what was in the box that month. So the theme and, you know, a few highlighted products. And the second postcard was a standard postcard that was in every single box. And so it had one side was a picture of a dog, really beautiful dog um, with the product. And it had some sort of a little tagline, like a cute image. So that was what was facing up. So the first thing that a customer would see is this beautiful um, golden retriever. I had two cards. One was a golden retriever, like beautiful dog. The second was a pit bull, actually three pit bulls. And they were wearing, um, bandanas and pearl necklaces. Absolutely. <laughs> so gorgeous. One of the best images that I had, I ever received from an influencer. Uh, it was absolutely, absolutely mind blowing. So anyway, so the, the images I used uh, for my postcards were those two. I would flip between the two. And then the other side of the postcard would have, you know, things like how to contact us, how to post on social media, uh, just some important things that I wanted my customers to know, um, you know, if they wanted to skip a box, how they could enter our monthly photo contest so they could win a free product, um, how to enter our referral program. So important things that I wanted my customers to know and be reminded of every time. So when I packed the boxes, the postcard was, was faced up. And so the cute dog was facing them. So if your business is not pet related, that's fine, but find something else that they can be wowed by the first, the first impression is so important. And that first impression is or should be, in my opinion, that postcard that you put in there. And if you're not using an insert or a postcard, um, I know some businesses are eco-friendly, earth-friendly, you know, it's fine. Um, but I do think it's a missed opportunity. So if that means you need to find eco-friendly printing paper, I think it's worth it. It really enhances a customer experience. So, um, and then in terms of packing everything in, I was very particular, uh, so particular about packing. Even when my husband would try to, to help me pack boxes and he would just put random stuff in and I'd be like, no, 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 you need to put the toys at the bottom and then you need to put the treats on, on top and they need to be facing this way. So it looks good. Like I was presentation for me was so important. And if you can see me now, as I'm talking, I'm like waving my arms around <laughs> the Italian uh, talker is coming out of me because it's so important. Like you have to put your box together so it looks good when someone opens it. So you know, think of the presentation, think of the order, think of the arrangement of the item. So it looks good for your customer. Um, and then I would just put, you know, obviously close the box, put it in the poly mailer. I didn't always use poly mailers, but I did sometimes. And it just, you know, it looked great for a customer. I'd put one little piece of tape on. And then here's my last thing. I put the label on the bottom of the box. I see so many people and this drives me nuts. Because again, in my mind, everything I did for my business was, to number one, have an amazing customer experience for my customers. And two, um, getting people to post stuff on social media. And so if you put a label on top of the top of your box that covers your logo, that covers your branding, no one's going to take a picture of that because it looks crappy. So you're just missing an opportunity to get your stuff posted on social media and again, every time someone posts something about your product on social media, you're getting free advertising. I need to remind you of that. It is free advertising. So, 
you have to do whatever you can to make the product look really good. And that's also why poly mailers are good because you can put, obviously you put the label on the poly mailer bag and so it doesn't disrupt the actual box. And then the other part of customer experience is what happens after people order from you. So a lot of businesses, they get the customer and then they just, that's it. Like they don't do anything after the customer orders. And so I'm going to highlight a little bit of this in the next tip I'm going to give you. But for this, I just want to kind of talk about after your customer orders, um, you know, they should be put into a, a customer workflow or a customer automation via your email marketing. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, please go and I'll add it to the show notes below. Go and listen to my email marketing episode. It is really important. You have to be creating workflows for your leads and for your customers. And so after customer orders from you, they should be getting a series of emails. You know, you should be getting feedback from them. What do they like about the product? Getting them to be posting stuff on social media. Like you're going to hear me say that all the time because it's important. It's free advertising. For my business, I didn't do ads. And so I had to be very clever and strategic with getting my customers to do things for me. And so you want to be encouraging them to be posting on social media, referring friends, writing you a re review, right? Um, so your email should be friendly, encouraging, thankful, like thank them for purchasing from you. How do you get them to purchase from you again? Can you give them a discount code? Can you add them to your VIP customer list? Like whatever you need to do to get your customers to feel connected to your brand and feel special, do it. It's important. So that leads into number four, because I'm already talking about number four now. <laughs> number four, customer obsession. I was obsessed with my customers. I could talk a lot about building your customer super fans. That's exactly what I did. Um, it, it is so important. It's so important to be obsessed with your customers. And I could do, I mean, I'm going to do an entire episode on, on this. But for now, I just want to give you a few tips. So one, customer service. Uh, if you do not have your customer service plan in place, please start one right now. You need to know what you're going to do when customers complain about a product. If they don't like a product, if their box was damaged, if something made them sick, if the box never showed up, you need to have a plan in place on one, some email templates that you can send to your customers that you've already written out. So it's easy to deal with those situations fast. And two, what is your customer service plan? Um, do you have, did you create a specific email just for customer service issues, you want to put that stuff again on your emails after someone orders from you. What happens if they have a problem? Have an email there that is separate from your standard email, just so you know if there's a customer service issue that pops in, you can handle it right away. Customer service issues should be handled as fast as possible, not the ones that get buried in your email and you respond in a week. Customers want Number one, customers, for the most part, that have problems, they are usually fixable and that I can attest to that 100% for my business. I had a lot of customer service issues that I handled from day one until the day I sold my business. I was the customer service person. I was everything for my business. So I learned how to handle issues in a really, really great way. So one most customer service issues, for the most part, they are manageable, they are fixable, and they are fixable by you and only you. If something happens to your customer, whether the package didn't show up, whether like whatever happens, the box is damaged, that's your responsibility. It's not USPS's, 
It's not the box company. It is your responsibility. If there's a food item in the box and it shows up moldy or there's worms inside or it's broken and crumbled, that is your responsibility and you have to handle it. It is your, you're the boss of your company. You're the company CEO. You have to take care of your customers and handle it. So most of the time when someone messages you with a crazy message, and trust me, I got tons of them. And at the time I would get really upset. Now I can kind of look back and chuckle at some of the messages I got from people because people can be crazy, absolutely bad shit crazy. So step one, most of the times they just want validation for why they're feeling frustrated or upset at you in your company. Like, you know, dear Carrie, my, my package showed up and it's completely crushed and everything inside is damaged and all the trees inside are crumbled. And I'm so disappointed in your business. Like you really, you know, you really made me so mad. I wasted all this money in your box and now I have to throw it away. So that would be a typical email that I would have gotten from a customer or something about shipping, like shipping issues definitely happen, you know, not all the time, but they will happen. Carrie, you know, I got the tracking number, but the it says that the package is in California and that was a week ago. I don't understand. Like, I'm so angry. Basically, for all these types of issues, you have to just respond to people with grace and you have to validate their frustration. And that's really the first step of customer service, at least with work, what worked for me. And again, you have to come up with your own customer service plan at the beginning of your business. It's really important. So for me, I knew customers would come number one, no matter what, if that meant I lost money on a box, if that meant I lost revenue, I, I didn't care. Number one customers. So again, when I would get these customer service emails from people, the first thing I would do was just validate that they're pissed off. Like, I really understand why you're so angry. I would be upset too. You know, my number one goal is for you to be happy with my product. Um, please, uh, I will send you a new product and I'll give you, you know, a discount code that you can use in the future. Or if you want to purchase um, some items for a friend, like here's a discount code. We value you. We value your support. You know, we love our customers and we want to make sure this is right. If you send customers emails like that, I guarantee you nine times out of 10, they will respond back to you. They will probably either apologize for sending you that email in the first place, or they will respond back to you and thank you profusely for your incredible customer service. And I guarantee you, I learned how to create a customer service plan that again, created my customer super fans. This was one thing that I did really, really well, and I learned how to improve it over time. So again, yes, like you're going to have to give people stuff for free. You're going to have to refund people. You're going to have to send people, you know, a new product because the product is damaged or lost or whatever it is, but you should always be caring about your customers. And I do believe most of the time they just want to vent to someone. And when you validate them and offer them a solution and you're nice about it and you tell them, look, I value you as a customer. I want to treat you well. Like, how can I make this right for you? I swear, I swear, just try it. I want you to try it next time. I want next time you have a customer service issue, try my little method here. And I want to hear from you. I want you to send me a message on Instagram and tell me their response. I'm curious because I guarantee you nine out of 10, and there's always going to be the trolls like the Karens or, you know, the Karens who just are miserable and they hate everything. You're going to get those people. We all do. 
Um, but I guarantee you, you're you're going to get a different response than you think. And I really want to hear what that response is. So you can message me on Instagram at carrie.a.fitzgerald. I'll add it to the show notes below. And I want to hear from you on your customer service stories. Like what kind of, what kind of complaints are you getting? Um, how are you handling it? And then when you actually validate your customer and then offer them a solution and thank them for being a, a customer and you value them, I want to hear what they say back to you. Because I will bet you they say thank you or they apologize for sending you a nasty email in the first place. Um, so this is really step number one for building your super fans. Like you have to treat your customers with love. So um, I am getting really over time here. And again, I, this is going to be one of my next episodes is how to create your super fans. Because this is something that I am so, so, so passionate about. So passionate because so many businesses number one, don't care about their customers. They don't treat them like super fans. And in my opinion, it's just one of the most absolute, most important things. So the next thing is number five is I'm going to say I use my ninja marketing skills to market my business. So basically, um, I really used website copy and social media copy that resonated with my ideal customer. So this kind of goes back to number one, and just being able to speak to one customer. And so I have a background in marketing. So I really was able to hone in on, on a few different types of people that I was trying to target and, you know, use the right photos that would be attractive to them, use the right messaging that would be attractive to them. You know, for my business, I was targeting people that identify as a dog mom. So these were people that, you know, were probably 20s to 30s, didn't have kids. Their dog was their entire life. Basically me before I had children. <laughs> um, you know, someone whose dog is there is their entire life and they just live and breathe to make their dog happy and spoil their dog and take photos of their dog and they have dog Instagram accounts. And so I really tapped into that persona and I ran with it. I dug deep and I doubled down on targeting that person and everything I did in terms of marketing, copy, photos, um, interactions with people, the way I played up the dog mom stuff in my social media. Um, I did that because I was trying to target a specific type of person. And again, it goes back to num step number one that I talked about. You have to be so clear about your ideal customer and you have to speak to them. You have to know their pain points. You have to know what keeps them up at night. You have to know what they love, what's going to get them to want to buy. And so I tapped into that language, website copy, storytelling, you know, bring in stories of me and my dog and why, you know, being a dog mom was important to me. So basically, I'm going to say Step number five is not only knowing my ideal customer, but tapping into marketing to speak to my ideal customer in a way that would sell products. So number six, and this is one of my most important ones and not this list isn't in any specific order, honestly, number six. And if you follow me on Instagram, you probably hear me ranting about this every single day. <laughs> I diversified my customer acquisition channels. So what does that mean? So that is a fancy way of saying that I use multiple channels. So email marketing, different website apps for conversion, um, blogging, social media, 
Instagram, referral programs, affiliate programs, and like 5 million other things. I did all those things to acquire customers. So I did not put all of my eggs in one basket. What I see so many people doing is they start their business, they start to get sales from Instagram, for example, or maybe Facebook, and they don't do anything else. They basically double down on one platform. And while that's okay when you first start, that is not sustainable. And your business will not grow if you only do one thing. And this also goes to ads as well. I mean, again, I'm not a huge advocate of doing ads, especially when you first start your business, because I think it's important for you to learn about your customer. You need to learn what works before you can throw money at ads. I think it's a waste of money. Um, But basically, a lot of e-commerce businesses, they only do ads. They don't focus on a lot of other things where I did the other stuff. So doing SEO, optimizing my website for SEO. Oh my gosh, so important. And one of my future episodes is from an SEO expert. And we're going to be talking about the power of optimizing your website for this search engine, because in the end, you need to be showing up on Google. It's free and it will get you tons of traffic and customers. So anyway, um, I really focus on doing a lot of things to get customers. I did not focus on just one thing. So for social media, Instagram was our, definitely Instagram was our biggest push from social media, but we were also on Facebook. We were also on Pinterest. Um, And Instagram was definitely our biggest sales channel. But like I said, we did other things. Um, I had referral programs. I did affiliate marketing. Um, I did lots of work on blogging. Blogging is so important for a product business. You create blog posts that resonate with your ideal customer. You use keywords. You throw keywords in your title, in your blog post. You optimize it with SEO. So again, you have so something called page titles and meta descriptions. Um, if you use Shopify, all you have to do is go to your blog, scroll all the way down to the bottom, and you'll see the SEO stuff. You just add information there. And by doing that, your stuff will start to show up on Google. So for example, again, I'm going to use a, a dog example. I had a blog post called, you know, toys for golden doodles, top toys for golden doodles. And I had created that blog based on keyword research. I was doing keyword research and I found that one, I was targeting golden doodles as customers. Two, I found that there was a big opportunity with a specific search term. So toys for golden doodles. It was a lot of searches, but low competition. And when you find a low competition phrase and a high search, that is that's your sweet spot right there. Those are the words that you want to create content on. So again, um, I'm going to do an episode in the future on SEO, and I'll be talking a lot more in depth of how you can do your own keyword research and things like that. But for now, I just want to give you a quick example. And you know, that one blog post brought in, I don't even know what the traffic number was, but tens of thousands of people over the course of a year, just from one blog post. And that just shows you the power of blogging. So if you today, you have your business and it's not, you're not getting traffic, you're not getting sales, you have to be blogging. You know, you have to be creating content around what you sell. You don't have to create content on, oh, we launched a new product. That's not what I'm referring to. I'm referring to educational content that relates to your content pillars. So again, if you're a dog subscription box, you know, for Dapper Dog, some of our content pillars were dog birthday parties, DIY dog treats, um, you know, like fun places to travel with your dog, pet friendly stuff. So I created a ton of blog content around those things. And so I would get traffic coming to my website because people would be on Google searching for 
DIY dog treat recipes, dog birthday party ideas. And so they'd end up on my website. I can then either retarget them with Facebook ads if I want to. I didn't do ads, but you can if you want to. Or two, you know, they would join your email list or things like that. So, or they're going to see your website and say, oh, this like, you know, this product is great for me and my dog. So blogging is absolute gold and you have to be doing it. So again, to kind of summarize step six, um, I got customers from a lot of different places. I did not put all of my eggs in one basket. And if you're going to take away anything from this episode, I want you to really take away this step number six, because it is, it's so important. You have to be doing a lot of things. You cannot be focusing on one thing only. And I think what I see over and over and over and over again is people launch their business and they don't really know, they have no idea how to get traffic, like no idea. And so what they do is they basically just spend all their time on Instagram or Facebook and that's it. They don't do anything else. They don't do any email marketing. They don't set up automations. They don't try to get, you know, cart upsell apps from Shopify. They, they're not doing affiliate stuff. They're not blogging. I mean, if you're only doing one marketing channel, then yeah, your business is not going to grow. You're not going to get a lot of traffic and targeted traffic like literally equates to sales. The more traffic you get, the more you will get sales because generally you're going to get, or you want to aim for like two to 3% conversion rate. So it's just simple math, but you have to be getting in targeted traffic. So targeted traffic coming from social media, blogging, you know, SEO, influencers, brand ambassadors, like there's just so many things that you can do. So as you are trying to grow your business, I want you to go back to this list here and think of all these steps that I've just given you. I've just given you six steps of a lot of information. And, you know, I really like to give people things that they can start working on today. So I'm just going to do a quick recap and give you quick step-by-step things you can do today to start implementing. So step number one was niching down in a super saturated space, targeting one ideal customer. So if you have your business already and it's not really growing, you're not getting traffic, I want you to go back and think, write down who you think your ideal customer is. Like I want you to take a paper and brain dump who your ideal customer is. Where do they live? How old are they? Do they have kids? Do they have pets? Um, How much money do they make per year? What are their pain points? Like, how does your product help them? How does your product solve a pain point? And if you really have no idea where to start, I think number one, you want to do that brain dump that I just told you. Two, I want you to look at your competitors and I want you to go through your competitors and I want you to identify gaps in their product or service. So for example, an easy way to do that is to go to their reviews. So whether they have Facebook reviews, Google reviews, um, reviews on CrateJoy, go through and read all their reviews. And people will tell you what they like about the subscription box or e-commerce product. They will tell you what they hate. They will tell you what they wish it had. I want you to go through those lists and come up with some things that you feel are an opportunity for you. What makes your business better than your competitors? Step number two is doing things that increase conversions, which were website and product photos. So right now, if your website is maybe not looking good, or okay, let's Let's go backwards. If you go to your, let's say you have Shopify or CrateJoy, they both tell you what your conversion rate is. If your conversion rate is under 2%, then you need some website work. So I'm just going to put that out there. And if you have questions, send me a DM on Instagram. 
Um, I can happy to take a quick look for you, give you a couple tips. Um, but if it's converting under 2%, your website is, you have a problem with your website. It's not everything else. It's your website. So those need to be fixed. And again, I'm going to be doing an episode that digs into website issues and how you can change those. So again, if you have questions, just send me a DM. If your website conversion is around 2%, then, then you're doing something right. You're doing the right thing. So just want to put that out there. Um, and then product photos. You, your product photos should be a different assortment of photos, lifestyle. So people using your product in real life, customer photos, you want to use flat lays. So like a, a very artistic way of like putting the box on the ground or a whiteboard and putting products around it. So it looks very artistic. You want to get product photos professionally taken. So if that means you go on Craigslist, you find a brand photographer or even, an, I mean, really any photographer, honestly, I it doesn't even matter. I just want you to get something that's taken with a real camera. Um, find someone who can do product photos for you. Um, it is a must have and it's the best money that you will spend, especially if your business is new or you are launching soon. So step one, go to look at your analytics on your website. If your website is has an under 2% conversion rate, then your it's your website has some issues. So it could be your messaging, it could be the images, it could be that you're not showcasing your value proposition better. And two, I want you to find a professional photographer. It can be an amateur photographer, like a college student who's trying to build a portfolio, even a high school student, if they know how to use the camera, find someone who can take photos with a real camera. They can edit images for you. They can give you beautiful images for your website. Okay. Number three, creating an amazing customer experience with packaging and inserts. So there's a lot of things I can give you for steps here. So I'm just going to kind of give you a couple quick ones. One, um, I would get poly mailer bags to put your boxes inside. I'm going to link something, a link in Amazon link below of the packaging I used to use, but it makes a huge difference. Um, number two, think of the order that you're packing your boxes. What could you do to make the arrangement of products inside look more professional and attractive to your ideal customer? And then three things like, you know, make sure that they're getting tracking emails sent to them. So in Shopify and CrateJoy, there's a tab in the settings with that you can adjust your notifications. So make sure that your notifications are turned on for the shipping and tracking stuff. Okay. Step number four to recap is uh, being obsessed with your customers, creating your customer super fans. Um, primarily here, I focus talking about customer service. I want you to grab a Google Doc, whatever you need to do, and map out your customer service policy or strategy. Um, if customers, like what's your return policy? Um, if customers complain, how are you going to handle that? I want you to write out templates. And if you have to literally go and search online customer service templates, find something online. You can find something and edit it for your business and your product, but make sure you have templates ready to go. So when you do get a customer that complains about something, you have something that you can quickly send them and handle the problem quickly. And then step two is that you want to go and you want to create an email for customer service. So whether that's something like help at your business name or customer service at your business name, like whatever you need to do, get an email created specifically for customer service issues. And then five, using ninja marketing skills to market my business to sell. So this thing here is just all about messaging. So go back to step number one, when we talked about niching down and targeting one customer. Step five, I want you to think about your ideal customer and 
again, think about how you could describe your product or service in a way that really resonates with them. So again, grab a Google Doc and write that stuff out. Write what stuff your ideal customer loves. Um, how do you think they? How do you think your messaging would get them to want to click on something that you're selling? And then step number six is diversifying your customer acquisition channel. So again, focusing on a lot of different things to get customers and not putting all of your eggs in one basket. So this is a big one. Um, I think in terms of steps, I want you to, number one, make sure your Google Analytics is set up. So I should have mentioned this as part of step number one, but you need to make sure you have Google Analytics. Analytics are really important. You need to be know, you need to know your numbers. You need to know where your traffic is coming from. You need to know what channels are bringing you money. This is definitely going to be another episode. So one, um, to start, sign up for Google Analytics. It's super easy. You can Google, how do I sign, how do I sign up for Google, Google Analytics? Super easy. You get a code that starts with UA. And then you go into either CrateJoy or Shopify and add that code in there. Again, on Shopify, it'll be under your online store and then preferences page. CrateJoy, honestly, can't remember where it is, but it's in there somewhere. Add your Google Analytics code to your website so you can track data. Like you have to know data. So that's step number one and step number two for you. The third step is knowing, like looking at all the different channels that you're that you are present on right now. Are you doing email marketing? So I want you to list them out. Grab a Google Doc, list all of the channels that you are present on now. What are you doing to get customers? So if you're only doing Instagram and Facebook, then write those down. And then I want you to write out the rest of this list. Email marketing. What can you do for Shopify apps where you could add stuff to the cart, cart upsells, things like that. Setting up email automations. So setting up lead or customer workflows in your email marketing software, having a customer referral program. So when customers sign up with you, they can refer friends and family and they get money for it or they get something out of it, basically. An affiliate program. Uh, ShareASale is my go-to. It is one of my, I should have included this in my list, honestly, but ShareASale affiliate program is a game changer. It is how you will get backlinks from people. It's how you get bloggers to write about you. So I will link that below as well. Share sale. It's about $500 to sign up for it. But then the commissions, you just pay the commission to the person who buys something from you um, or refers someone. And then, you know, share sale gets a percentage of that. But honestly, it's worth every single penny. That's something that I wish I had done first in my business, but I was terrified to spend money. And then honestly, I kicked myself because I made a lot of money from doing affiliate stuff. And honestly, it's one of the easiest things in terms of your time. Like it's almost none of your time. It's other people selling for you. So then other thing would be something like um, influencers, brand ambassadors. How can you get people that can promote your product for free? Um, blogging. Have you optimized your website for SEO? So I've just given you like 10 ideas to get customers. I want you to write all them down and then think one by one. How can you slowly incorporate all these different things into your business? All right, guys. That was a long episode. So thank you for listening. And this one is a special one to me because I really do love helping people grow their business and just make more money that feels manageable for them. So if you have a subscription box business or an e-commerce business, you've had it for maybe a few months or longer, and you are looking to grow, you're looking to get to getting hundreds of, of subscribers, hundreds of customers, you want to know how to do marketing. 
You want to know how to make your website look better and convert better. You want to know all the things that will essentially get you more sales and getting more customers and creating repeatable customer acquisition strategies, then I'm going to invite you to join my course. So I am creating a course. It's going to be called the Subscription Box Growth Academy. I am so, so excited about it. Um, This has been something that I've been wanting to build for the last six months. So it's going to be basically a, you know, I have a course called Subscription Box Launch Academy where I teach people how to start and launch their dream subscription box business. So this is going to be a playoff from that. It's going to be for people that have already launched their business, but they want to grow. They want to get more customers. They want to get more sales. And I'm giving you all the stuff that worked for my business. So everything from, you know, doing website, uh, sorry, website, photos, SEO, getting traffic, um, adding more sales channels, everything that you need to grow your business, basically. And I'm launching a beta round for this course. And so it's going to be for a very, very low price. So I invite you to enroll in this. If you're interested, I'm going to add a link below and I'm going to give you a way to contact me. Uh, This is going to be starting in March and it's going to be epic. It's going to be, you know, like a 10 module course. It's going to be jam packed with information and really everything that I did for my business to grow to, you know, 350,000 in revenue in two and a half years with no ads and no support. So again, I can do it. So can you. So I am thrilled about my course. I cannot wait to get this out to you. And again, if you are someone that you're sitting here and you're like, shoot, I don't really know how to grow my business. I want to make a lot of money. I want to make multi six figures. <laughs> then my course will be a great fit for you. You can send me a DM on Instagram. My Again, it's linked in my show notes. And I will give you a link where you can learn more about my course. But it's going to be Starting in March, it's going to be about eight weeks of live Q&As, and then you're going to get the course modules dripped out each week over the course of a few weeks. So again, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be an opportunity where you could get direct access to me for a few months where you can ask me questions, you can get feedback, you can go through the lessons and then come with me, come to me and ask me different things that you need to know more. So you basically have your very own subscription box business coach by your side. So I will talk to you guys next week and thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple podcast and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at Carrie A. Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much. And I'll see you guys next week.